welcome to the Tutors of Life podcast, where we research life so you don't have to. Episode 215. This is your host, Sean Tudor. And this is Sam. This is a Tudor episode where we try to teach you something new. All right, guys. We are going to actually give you a financial update of the world. Sean worked... Uh, mostly the U.S. Only the U.S., actually. Worked very hard for the past, like, 45 minutes on this. That, give me some credit. I did research to take notes for 45 minutes. I've been listening to this shit and reading on this shit all week. True. Give me some credit. All right. Second thing, before we get rolling into that, I need to not thank Netflix for adding suits. Mm -hmm. Because that's ruined my life the last week. Sean is addicted to it. The last two, two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Yeah, the last two weeks. I we It popped up because it was like number two show. All right, dude. First off, that's a problem, okay? Here's the deal. The Witcher comes out. The Witcher's ranked number 10. Do you know why it's ranked number 10? Because of uh, Henry Cavill leaving. 100%. Idiots. Mm-hmm. Witcher, always ranked number one when it comes out in mm-hmm. the season. Rank number 10. That is terrible. Terrible. For The Witcher, yeah. Anyway, so it pops up and I was like, Sean, this is a really good show. We should try it sometime. So what does he do? Puts it on. It's not my fault that Netflix has the best hook line sinker for its little like pre-play. When you watch those on like some of the Netflix ones, they do those pre-plays mm-hmm. are so gold. Yeah, You're like, dude, I can't not watch this. Other ones make you go... I never want to watch this in my life. Yeah. But I guess that's personal preference. Yeah. So anyways, that's all I got to say about that. Thanks a latte, uh, Netflix, for essentially ruining my life. However, um, watching TV is like my favorite thing to do. So I guess I can't be too upset to do it sometimes. Yeah, when we were on 75 Hard, we only watched, what, probably like three episodes of Chuck and that was it. Yeah, we watched like three episodes of TV in 75 days. Yeah, that was great. Okay. What do you got, Sean? All right, guys. First things first. Fed now has now been put into effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was about ten days ago. Uh, so what Fed now is is a new instant payment infrastructure developed by the Federal Reserve. Okay. Mm-hmm. The pros, the main pro, the biggest thing, the like. Yes, this is the coolest program ever. You are able to send and receive payments any time of day, any time, any day of the year within seconds. The receiver will be able to immediately utilize their funds and the buyer or the, the sender, it automatically comes out of their account. So there's no longer this guess game. Mm-hmm. You know, when you make your payment for your credit card, your account is overinflated for what's actually in it for the next two, three days, mm-hmm. right? And so, and then as the receiver, like if it's a Venmo payment to Zelle, PayPal, whatever it is, a check, mm-hmm. you get that payment and it's usually three days, one to three days before you can access it. Yeah. So the thing that's really good about the Fed now is you get to have access to your money instantly. Okay. So awesome program. How many banks signed up as early adopters? What do you think? How many banks were like on board right away? I want to hope, but not a lot. I'm going to go with 100. 35 banks. That's it. 
35 banks for early adopters, including J.P. Morgan Chase and Wells Fargo. Ugh, that's not good. Mm-mm. No, not that great. Um, how much does it cost a bank to be a part of FedNow? Maybe it's maybe it has to do with money. So is it percentage? Nope. $25 participation fee for each routing transit number that receives credit transfers. Okay? So if I am reading this correctly, that means that a bank has one routing number, right? Mm-hmm. They have to pay $25 to have this system. Not uh, a lot of bigger banks have multiple routing numbers. Okay. So, but I mean, fairly small. Because like associated, it has a different routing number depending on where your branch is. Okay. Okay. So for each branch you have. Okay. So. Not each, not each branch, but like area branches. So low. $25 is like nothing. Yeah. Okay, then it's four and a half cents per credit transfer fee paid by the sender. Okay. Mm-hmm. Typically, it's a percentage, usually one and a half to three percent. Yeah. Down to four point five cents a transaction. That is nothing. I don't. Trust, that is dirt cheap. I don't trust that. Zero. I have no idea how they do it. Whatever. Is it bad that I don't trust that because it's so low? No. So the current system is the real-time payments, okay? Mm -hmm. That's your, like, bank transfers, okay? That's normally one to three business days to clear the account. Even same-day transfers that you can pay more for, like 1.5%. Like, if you pay 1.5% fee, you can get it instant today. It still takes several hours and has constraints, right? Mm -hmm. So... This is to note before we move on to the cons. FedNow does not allow the Federal Reserve to surveil private citizens or their purchases. As well as FedNow does not grant the Federal Reserve to monitor private bank accounts. Okay? Mm -hmm. So they do not have the authority or approval to monitor freeze surveil private bank accounts okay okay all right so let's go with the cons the number one con is the fact that the federal reserve will be able to surveil every single transaction we do because if the federal reserve created fed now just as on paypal just as on venmo just as on your bank account there's transactions there's history of transactions the Federal Reserve will have every single transaction from every single payment you make. Through FedNow. Through FedNow. There's no way they wouldn't. Yeah, because if they can watch that, it's so they can't freeze your account, but couldn't they, like, freeze the transaction? Um, no, that's all speculation. Um... And so they claim that they don't like surveil and stuff like that, but there has to be a history. There's always a history of transactions, mm. and they're the owners. They're the ones that started. Yeah. So obviously, the, like they're gonna be able to track your transactions that you use through FedNow. Right. Yeah. So okay. So, but what does this mean? What are the cons? Well, faster payments are great. However, faster payments can lead to fraud. 
faster fraud. Mm-hmm. Okay, right now, if your if your credit card purchases something that's out of the norm, you get a notification from your credit card company. Hey, potential fraud. Do you want to approve or deny? Yeah. Deny. They'll freeze the payment. They'll stop it. Mm-hmm. Or accept. Yep, that was me. Whatever. <clears throat> so, because it's a Fed now and not a credit card protection, um, it's harder to stop fraud. Yeah. Okay. So, that's, that's something to be concerned with. What also could be concerned is the fact that this can eat into all financial institutions' revenue severely because if people opt to use Fed now to be immediate transactions, people aren't going to use credit cards. People aren't going to use debit cards. So if you're not using credit cards and debit cards, you are not... Mimi's being cute. So if you're not using credit cards or debit cards, the bank isn't making money on you, okay? Or the bank's making a lot less money on you. Um, so with that being said, banks, little, like small banks, credit cards, all that stuff could, could be hindered pretty big here. Mm -hmm. What also can be hindered big here that doesn't have to do with banks is, um, credit card processing companies. So all major credit card uh, processing companies that get 1%, 2%, 3%, whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. They, they may become obsolete. Though That is many, many, many billion dollar franchise yeah. that could be wiped. Yeah. <clears throat> so, here's here before we move on a little more into the cons. I do not believe FedNow is going to be widely adopted. Mm-hmm. Here's the number one reason why. Debt is at an all-time high. We live in a consumerism world. Mm-hmm. Everything. I shouldn't say that. Majority of people, and we're going to get into this later into interest rates. Majority of people lend. Lending through credit cards. Yeah. Lending through small uh, personal loans. Um uh, lending through mortgage loans, auto loans. There's even, you probably don't know about this because you don't uh, buy much online, but there's even like Klarna. I don't know what this is. What is this? Klarna. Um, it's uh, it's on like every shopping website now. So instead of like, let's say we spend $200 on Flagner Fail. Yeah. We can use Klarna to do four payments of $50 throughout six months or whatever. That is the stupidest shit I've ever. And it's it's life. like a one percent interest or one one and a half. Maybe I think sometimes there's interest. I don't know. Okay. But so it's like that, that it would hurt that too. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, so another another form of debt yeah. for you. Um, I do not believe then that people are going to widely adopt this because people don't want their money to come out of their account immediately. Yeah, no. Dude, I try to hold my money as long as I can. That's why I'm always using credit cards. Mm-hmm. Um, well, think about all the people that, like, they travel because they use their credit cards so much, so they don't have to pay anything because they've racked up points on yeah. their credit cards. I think of small business. Yeah. Small businesses. They mm-hmm. said this. So they, what I didn't like is they're like, this is huge for small businesses. No. No, dude, here's the thing. I use my credit card. So I can have a 30-day grace period before I have to pay for materials and tools that I'm using on a current job. 
I guess the only thing that would have been so it would benefit like a consumer or a like so a store, a mom and pop store, because then they're getting the money from their customers, customers right, right away. away. So it would benefit mom, it would benefit in the fact of receiving payments. Yeah. So like even me receiving payments, it would benefit me because I would get paid right away from doing a job. Mm. Like immediately. So yeah, I mean, it would benefit in the fact that you're getting the money right away. But I'm yeah, just like you said, most of them are probably still going to spend it off of credit cards and right. stuff. Right. Well, a lot of the time, dude, I send a check because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to forget about it, mm-hmm. you know? So I'll be like, oh, fuck, I'll write this check, throw it in the mail. I got three days. And I just put it in my mind, like, I got three days to have money in my account. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, maybe I'll set up a transfer from my savings to my checking in three days to transfer the amount of money. Yeah. I do that shit too. All right, guys. So that is why I personally don't believe it's going to happen. Yeah. One thing I want to touch on before moving on, um, if you're looking for a place to store your money and hedge against inflation a little bit, Robinhood, um, if you have a gold cash, like if you have their cash save, uh, checking account or whatever, like yeah. I got their checking account through Robinhood, um, if you keep your money in that, you now get 4.9% mm. interest. Allies up to 4% now. I think. Allies up to 4%. Mm. But I got money in Coinbase um that i might transfer over to robin hood to just store there mm-hmm. i could buy tether uh and i think with tether you get like 4.5 percent in coinbase but coinbase has a lot more fees mm-hmm. all right guys so anyways um so is that everything with fed now no no, no. so how long is this episode gonna be i don't know the last couple things this is the conspiracy behind it right the conspiracy theory behind it like we said earlier, they can see where all transactions are being made. Okay. They can control liquidity. They can control what transactions are happening. They can see how much money is like floating around, shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. They can freeze accounts even though they say they can't. They 100% can freeze accounts. Mm-hmm. They are not approved to do it, but they can do it. This will move towards erasing the dollar. Mm-hmm. The more we can get this like money automated, the more we get away from checks and cash. Okay. The last thing. This is the first stepping stone in the Fed coin. We've talked about the Fed coin before. Okay. The Fed coin, which also is related to the social credit score. What it is, it's essentially a, what it is is a digital currency um, that the Federal Reserve has okay so what that what a social credit score is if you're not following the political agenda the policies you're speaking out against the things they have um so like you're utilizing your freedom of speech to talk against the narrative you could get docked on your social credit score your account could get frozen or paused they could um they could suspend transactions they could not allow you to purchase things in certain areas. Um, there's a potential of like if you're purchasing things they don't want you to purpose, uh, purchase, etc. You could essentially be arrested for like wrongful purchases, shit like that. Anyways, so social credit score, it it's a bad thing. So we got this digital currency right we so so the fed coin would be a digital currency the first platform that introduced this digital currency was china in april of 2020 this is monitored by their central bank just as 
Ours is. So, we have a, a very... China has already implemented social credit scores in certain mm-hmm. cities. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys go read about it, uh, China social credit score, you will see how them implementing their digital currency with their um, with their uh, instant payment infrastructure <laughs> has not been a good thing. Mm-mm. It has not been a good thing. And so that is just to wrap up the like negatives, okay? Let me end with a couple of the positives, and then we'll move on. Okay. So, in the article, uh, in an article for Forbes, Ginny Chapel, senior vice president of digital payments at FIS, summed it up: "We have entered a new era of instancy. Every organization must understand the business case for real-time payments and how it adds value." There are many great examples of high-value, high-impact use cases that we are seeing applied very broadly. Real-time payments can be very empowering for consumers and small business by improving choice and increasing visibility of cash. Short and simple, we live in an instant gratification society. This allows us to have instant access and visibility to our cash. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last thing about the payments okay so we have fed now mm-hmm. four and a half cents okay mm-hmm. that it costs per transactions however and it's instant it's instant however your maximum payment limit you can do is five hundred thousand dollars okay is this payment revocable no Okay, we following that? Yeah. You cannot revoke this payment. You can pay up to $500,000 instantly. Okay, four and a half cents. So real-time payments also claims it's instant, even though it says it's not instant, but apparently real-time payments, whatever. 25 cents to a dollar per payment. Still cheap as shit. 25 cents to a dollar, very cheap. You can transfer up to a million dollars. Is the payment revocable? No. Wire transfers, these happen within minutes. It's $25 to $50 a wire transfer, okay? Access to most banks, you can transfer $9,999,999,999.99. Just shy of $10 billion you can transfer at a time. I won't have a, that will never even matter anything in our lives. Is this payment revocable? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. ACH same day, one dollar to five dollars. You get it the same day. Every single bank uses this. Maximum amount you can do is one million dollars. Is this payment revocable? Yes. Hmm. Okay. ACH twenty cents to a dollar fifty. Two to three business days, every bank, $999 million, da, 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 whatever. Is the payment revocable? Yes. So ACH, the current system we have right now, is revocable, <coughs> which can be a huge, huge, huge pro. Yeah. My way I end up looking at this at the end of the day is this. I, will, I can wait two to... 
I can wait one to three days, two to three days, whatever, knowing my money's safe. Mm -hmm. When you're playing with this kind of money and it's not safe, that can be sketchy. Mm -hmm. All right. So that is the section about the Fed now. Um, Stay up to date with the people. We will stay up to date with it and um, be very aware if they decide to start the Fed, Fed coin. One question. Okay. Um, you said right at the end there. Um, shit. Okay. I don't know. Um, in Nigeria, uh, Jesus. In Nigeria, they implemented a central bank digital currency in March. Do you remember hearing about this? I don't. Um, citizens are protesting it because leading up to it so this is like my one concern about this is so leading up to it they limited how much money you could take out of the atm and so and i don't know like a lot of places there you have to use cash i don't know but they limited how much money you could take out of the atm Mm -hmm. and so it was not enough money for people to even survive per day per day Mm -hmm. to force them into using this digital currency and then um they just said like oh now you can't use physical currency all your paper money is useless and for have been forcing their citizens to use this digital currency um Mm -hmm. and the nation is just up in arms i mean dude here's something you got to think with that People hold cash right now, U.S. cash. Mm-hmm. People hold that shit. Um, there's a lot of people that don't trust the system mm-hmm. that hold cash on hand. Yeah. Could you imagine if they implement the Fed no digital currency and they go, cash is useless now? Mm-hmm. Billions of dollars yeah. gone. So, and that's one thing I, I feel like debt collection companies and the credit card companies, I feel like they're going to be the ones fighting against this the most, I think, to, like, help the citizens. Or they're going to get such a big buyout, it's going to be... There's no way that the Fed can even pay them enough to... They can print fake money and give it to them in digital currency. That's not real. They've been doing that for the last three years at an absurd rate. Yeah. Uh, there was one more thing then at the end. What was at the end of what you were just saying? Um, I was talking about, let me pull it up. Um, so I was talking about the prices, the payment method, the cost per payment. Um, something sketchy about Fed now. I don't know. Whatever. doesn't matter. Okay. Next. Okay, sounds good. So the next thing, uh, for those of you that know, um, the Federal Reserve announced Wednesday It has raised interest rates by another quarter point, uh, uh, 0.25%, bringing the interest rates from 5.25 to 5.5%, the highest the interest rates have been in 22 years. That's actually pretty impressive because that would have been before 2008. I've been 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So... This is the fourth increase this year to help stop inflation or slow inflation. Mm -hmm. Um, Inflation has come down over the last few months, but still remains above the Federal Reserve goal of 2%. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's why they, that is the reason they've been increasing interest rates. 
They are trying to help slow the economy, making borrowing harder so people won't spend as much. Mm-hmm. Okay, if they can do that, then we can bring inflation down. So, um, in June, we paused. Okay, uh, so we had interest rates January, February, April, May, paused in June. Now we're into July. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we just got hit with one now. And the thing is, with it pausing last month, it shows that we're inflation is coming down. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have to keep, in theory, they, Jerome Powell, the Fed, we don't, it's going to be a case by case basis, month by month. But unless things change drastically, they shouldn't have to keep doing interest rates every month. Um, it can now be spread out like every other month, every two months. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then whenever the pauses, whenever it's done, um, there there's likely to be a pause in interest rates where they'll hold at that until next year. Jerome Powell in his interview said, um, most likely there will not be a decrease um, for a full year from Wednesday's date. That means it could still go up, but a chance of it coming down before this time next year is unlikely. Okay. okay. There's also people that have stated that, or like professionals and whatever, that have stated that coming uh, in March of next year, they might start to uh, decrease. Okay. But that doesn't make sense because Jerome Powell just said, a full year mm-hmm. in the so but whatever who knows who knows right so um good news is interest rates are slowing interest rate increases are slowing good um right now our inflation is at three percent the goal is two percent in may we were at four percent okay so we've came down a full percent since May. Um, but last year, it was 9.1% inflation. So we've came from 9.1% inflation last year down to 3% inflation this year. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, markets were prepared for this to happen. Uh, it was expected since there was a pause last month, there'd be an increase this month. It wasn't a surprise to anybody. A um, couple things to keep in mind. We'll see how this goes because even with inflation, all this stuff, rent prices and mortgage prices have gone up even higher. Yeah. They've gone up substantially in the oh, last three yeah. years. So what what are we getting at here? So right now, to help hedge inflation, to help hedge inflation, we need higher unemployment. Okay. Okay. Unemployment rate is currently at 3.6%, which remains historically low. Unemployment measures the share of workers in the labor force who do not currently have a job, but are actively seeking work. Okay? So this measure measures percentage of unemployed job seekers in the labor force. The sum of employed and unemployed people... Not the entire population, okay? So it's only the people who are, like, working, okay? Or, like, 
who are able-bodied workers seeking employment. Mm -hmm. Okay. People who have not looked for work in the past four weeks are not included in this measure. Four weeks? Four weeks. If you have not looked for work in the past four weeks, you are not a part of the unemployment rate. So if someone's been looking for work for like three, four, five months and they're finally like, fuck it, I'm taking a month off, whatever. I'm going to go on like vacation with my family. Maybe I'm doing whatever. Maybe I'm taking care of some chores. Maybe I'm doing some cash work, whatever it may be. And they haven't applied for four weeks. They are not part of this. All right. Total amount of unemployed people is six million. So that's how much that's that's the total is six million. Total amount of unemployment insurance claims as of July um, is two million. Okay. Mm-hmm. The long-term average of unemployment is 5.72%. So we are 2% below the average. Okay. Why this is a problem for bring, for getting closer to inflation, right? Bringing unemployment up could decrease inflation. Why that is? The higher the unemployment means less people working, means less buying power, which means less demand, okay? So if we can raise unemployment, then we lower people's ability to buy, which then makes it so inflation will go down because people aren't, there's no demand. There's The demand's down, people aren't buying as much. Right now, we're about to get into, ho- well, no, we're not. We're gonna get into housing in a little bit. But the reason housing is up is because, or the reason it's doing so well is because supply is so low, but demand is so high. It's the same thing with um, the economy, right? So guys, keep in mind here, what they're trying to do with interest rates is make borrowing more difficult so that people are not able to buy more things. People like 2020, 2021, 2022, why we had so much economy growth and so much booming money was printed everybody was given money and people were able to go out and stimulate right we all got we didn't but a lot of people got stimulus checks they were able to go out stimulate the economy and and drive up purchasing right which led us into extreme inflation so that's the point behind the interest rates is to bring down borrowing power so people aren't spending as much money, lowering demand. Increasing supply, lowering demand. Why would they pause the student loan interest rate then? They didn't. I looked into that. So, moving on to student loans. One second. Bam. All right, so, student loans, what they did is... This is more, I believe, a political stunt mm-hmm. than it is economy stunt. Economical. Okay. Economical. Thank you. Student aid relief. This is as of July 14th, I believe, roughly. Since Biden took office, no one has had to pay a federally held student loan. Yep. Okay. Congress 
passed a law preventing further extensions of the payment pause. Mm-hmm. Okay. I remember hearing that. Yep. yep. Student loan interest will resume. Interest will resume on September 1st of 2023. Let me guess. They don't require payments. Hold on. Payments will be due starting in October. Borrowers should be notified be- before payments resume. Okay. Mm-hmm. So interest September payments will be starting in October. What they came up with is something called new income driven repayment plan, which is called the save S A V E plan. Okay. Before we get into that, there's still potential relief. Okay. To low and middle income houses. So if you are a Pell Grant recipient with loans held by the Department of Education, you could receive up to $20,000 in relief by the Department of Education and up to $10,000 in relief to non-Pell Grant recipients. You are eligible or can be eligible if individual income is less than $125,000 or household income is less than $250,000. So whether you've gotten a Pell Grant yourself or you haven't had the Pell Grant, but you're in lines with the individual income of less than one twenty-five thousand, bro. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Individual income of one hundred twenty-five thousand. Since when the fuck is that low to middle income? Yeah. The fuck. Yeah. Two hundred fifty k for a household. That's ridiculous, dude. That's, that's high. high. <laughs> How many households do you know personally bringing in two hundred fifty k? I promise you. I promise you it's less than one in 10 friends. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we know one. For the, Yeah, for the average, like, the average people. We probably know two. Right. All right, so that's fucking not low and middle income. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Another way. Borrowers who are employed by nonprofits, military, federal government, state, tribal, or local government, may be eligible for public service loan forgiveness program. Um, relief is capped at the amount of outstanding debt. Um, please visit pslf.gov for more information on the eligibility requirements. So what would the new income-driven repayment plan propose under Biden-Harris, the SAVE plan? What would that mean? It drafts this. Require borrowers to pay no more than 5% of their discretionary income monthly on undergraduate loans. Can you look up discretionary income for me, please? This is down from the 10% available under the most recent income-driven repayment plan. This will also raise the amount of income that is considered non-discretionary income and therefore is protected from repayment. Guaranteeing that no borrower earning under 225% of the federal poverty level, about the annual equivalent of a $15 minimum wage for a single borrower, will have to make monthly payments. This means if you're making, from my understanding, from my understanding, this means if you're making $15 an hour, you're a single borrower, not not in a family household. You will not have to make monthly payments. Um, so discretionary income. Okay. So for an example, uh, an individual has an income of $100,000. They pay 
income tax uh, rate of 35%. So $35,000. Yep. Then the individual has transportation, rent, insurance, food, clothing, and other necessities totaling $35,000 a year. So their discretionary income is the remaining $30,000. So it's the amount left after subtracting taxes and necessities. All right. So um, borrowers to pay no more than 5% of their discretionary income monthly. So you're saying you're left with 30000 right? Mm-hmm. Divide that by 12 for me, please. About 12 is 2500 Okay, times point zero five, hundred and twenty five dollars. So your 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 maximum you have to pay then is one hundred twenty five dollars, if you make a hundred grand a year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you if you make fifteen dollars minimum wage, you will not have to make monthly payments. Okay, so next part of it is they are going to forgive loan balances after ten years of payments. That's so dumb. So instead of 20 years for borrowers with loan balance of 12000 or less, um, they will now be forgiven after 10 years for loan balances of 12000 or less. Bullshit. Uh, is it from when you graduate or from when you took out the loan? Payments. So whenever you started payments, 10 years after payments, 10 years of payments. Damn. That's really bullshit. Yep. Then, lastly, it covers the borrower's unpaid monthly interest, so that any so that unlike other existing income-driven repayment plans, no borrower's loan balance will grow as long as they make their monthly payment, even when that monthly payment is zero, because their income is low. Dude, why even? It's not a loan then. So what it is, it's a way to go to college. Okay. So so hear me out, people follow me on this. You go to college for four years. You rack up uh we'll just go with Eau Claire, uh it's like ten thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Forty thousand dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Forty thousand dollars in debt. Usually you're getting three to four to five percent interest on these loans throughout the time why that's important you have an incentive to pay it off early okay now you go to school you got forty thousand dollars in debt okay you come out and you happen to be the one percent that makes six figures coming out of school that gives you after your taxes after your necessities your discretionary income is thirty thousand math this for me please so your maximum payment you need to make um is 125 dollars a month Mm -hmm. do 125 times 12 for me please 1500 1500 times that by 10 please 15,000 15,000 okay so then you have a 25 thousand dollar difference oh wow yeah so as soon as you get that down to twelve thousand dollars or less it's automatically washed. So you're going to need to do another, what is it, 12 years, roughly? Um, 12 and a half years to get us that extra. Because you need to be under 12,000? Oh, wait. So we got to be under 12,000. 
So, so another yeah. 10 years would put you at 30,000. So you would have 10,000 left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would probably only so, be... So really, what you, so really what it would be is, granted, you're going to make a little more money and stuff. But this program, this new save plan, allows that if you're making hundred grand a year, after like 18 years of payments of the minimum 125, it's just going to be washed. Your, your other 12,000 or less is just going to be wiped away for you 18 and a half years by the way 18 and a half years grand you're gonna make a little more money in that most likely but then it's just gonna be wiped away so So it's giving you an incentive to not pay something off to just make the monthly the the lowest possible payment as long as you want because it means nothing Mm -hmm. don't don't go don't pay more than you have to because it's just going to be wiped away as soon as you get under twelve thousand dollars all right guys so that is the student uh, debt relief. It's the save plan. Um, so one thing, guys, um, we're trying to lower inflation, right? You're following me, the Federal Reserve. We're trying to lower inflation. However, we're not collecting. Um, we're not. That is just a proposal plan. That's Biden-Harris proposal. So it hasn't passed it yet. It has not passed. Okay. Um, and I don't believe it will pass. Hopefully. I don't believe it will pass because of this. That's income for the government again. Mm-hmm. That's going to help with inflation, mm-hmm. especially by them receiving interest. Mm-hmm. They could take that money and start paying down the massively absurd debt we have in this country, the highest um, pretty much than everywhere else in the world combined. Um, so anyways. Uh, it's not. Um, I don't think most student loans are through the government. Most of them are through third party companies like Fannie Mae. and. Um, oh, really? Yeah. They're just federally backed or what? Uh, I don't know the answer. Because that's only federal. That's federal student loans is what I'm talking about. Federal student loans are the ones people haven't been needing to pay on. So that's backed oh. by the federal government. Yeah. Well, because uh, that, uh, that, that would actually be interesting because, like, I wonder if Fannie Mae's been – because that was, like, a big discussion with the student loan relief, whatever that they were passing, is, like, um, fan, like the big – Student loan, they might be the debt collectors, I suppose, the debt collection agency, maybe. I don't know, but they were like super pissed about the student relief thing because they're just like, that's our money. Ah, interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so moving on to the last thing that's student loans. The housing market update holy shit. 42 minutes already? That's why I just asked you how long is this goddamn episode going to be. Housing market update for Wisconsin first because that is where we live. In June, home prices in Wisconsin were up 6.6% compared to last year. Ridiculous. Um, Number of homes sold is down 18.7% year over year. That is six hundred or that's six thousand eight hundred and twenty six homes sold in June this year compared to eight thousand three hundred and ninety eight homes in June of twenty twenty two. That's a big difference. Yep. In the US as a whole, prices are down 0.78% from last year. Okay. Not bad. Mm-mm. Number of homes sold down sixteen percent. It's down um so this year in June, we sold 5,118,185 5, homes. You screwed up in there. I fucked that up. 518,185. Okay. Okay, got it? Got it. That's what we sold in June this year. That's down from 617,012 from June of 2022. Okay. Okay. 
our according to Google, the 30-year fixed interest rate is 7.65%. According to Forbes, the 30-year fixed is 7.4%. Okay. Okay. So, interest rates are at an all-time high. We know that. We just went over that. Let's talk about... Well, they're at their highest in 20-some years. Thank you. Yes. I was going to say, interest rates have definitely been higher. Yeah, yeah. We're at at the highest in 22 years. So, according to Goldman Sachs, so this is, this part of this topic is, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. Like, how does this help investors, people buying houses, whatever? 99% 99% of borrowers have a mortgage rate less than 6%. 99%? 99% of borrowers have a mortgage rate less than 6%. 28% are locked in at rates at or below 3%. Wow. 72% are locked in at rates below or at 4%. So that is a combined Jesus Christ. No, it, sh- it shouldn't be combined. Yeah, no. So. Because the 72% would include the ones under 3%. Right, right, right. Yes, you're right. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So 72% of rates are at or below 4%. Thank you for that. Yeah. So according to Forbes, over 40% of U.S. mortgages mm-hmm. originated in 2020 and 2021. Originated? Originated. How much? 42%? 40%. Okay. Originated in 2020 and 2021 when mortgages were at a record low. Okay. Smart. 14 million mortgages were refinanced during the same time. Not surprised. So what's this mean? People that get commercial loans that have arms, adjustable rate mortgages coming due. People that lock those arms in at three, four, five percent from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty two, most of those arms are three to five years. Oof. Some of those are already coming due in twenty twenty three. Others will be coming due in twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five. With the most price substantial biggest one coming around 2025 and 2026 because of the five year. Yeah. People that got those that made the numbers work at 3%. It is possible the numbers are not going to work when they refinance. Adjustable rates right now. Mm -hmm. Adjustable rates uh, on 20 year, on 15, 20 and 25 year loans from like local lenders are high sevens, low eights. Yeah. When they go to refinance from say a 4% to an 8%, that could make them lose their property. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so moving forward over the next couple of years, People that were over leveraging massively paying way too much because of a good interest rate could be setting themselves up for a really, really bad situation. Yeah. Come 2025. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Next. 
Be very creative if you can. FHA loans, WIDA loans, Fannie and Freddie 30-year fixed conventional loans are, what's the thing I always talk about? Um, you can... Recall? No, no, take them in. I can take them from you. Like, you can assign them to me, or I can take over that loan. What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, uh, da, 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 ga, com, um, assumable. Yes. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> ridiculous. So, conventional loans, Fannie Freddie's, um, FHA, WIDA, government programs, things like that, are assumable loans. So, if somebody locked in at 2.5%, a 30-year fixed, and they want to move, okay, and you're able to find them or working through a realtor, you find them off-market, whatever you did, do whatever is in your power, work with a, whoever is intelligent enough, work with like, um, work with a bank, get your own like consultant for whether it's an attorney, a lender, whatever, to get that assumable loan. Because mm -hmm. if you're able to pick up their loan and pay somebody $50,000, $100,000, whatever it is, to take their loan at 2.5%, the amount you will save in the long term is insane. Mm -hmm. So moving forward, be very, very cautious if you have arms coming up, run your numbers. Make sure it's you're going to be okay. Maybe look at liquidating if you're not going to be okay. Yeah. Remember, there's probably going to be people who are hurting mm -hmm. in two years. So there might be a good opportunity for you to hop in and get some real estate. Mm -hmm. Lastly, look out for assumable loans if you are looking at buying property. Yeah. Be creative. All we can do right now is be creative. Yeah. Because it's a hard, hard world out there. And be patient. And be patient. You don't got to jump into anything. Nope. So cool. that's the uh, that's the market update, babe. Nice. I love it. I hope you guys enjoyed today. I enjoyed today. That's good. Did you enjoy today? Loved it. Did you really? Sure. All right, cool. All right, guys. We'll uh, catch us uh, next week. See you. Bye. Yeah,